Your Dig the Hip Hop show is brought to you by Rhymes and Designs. Visit thatrnd.com for all your hip hop merch needs. That's T H A T R N D.com. You dig? What up, world? Welcome to another episode of You Dig. It's episode nine. Yes, thank y'all for being here. First, I want to open up this show by thanking Cashflow Harlem for that excellent verse, excellent video, man, putting that together for the people. Also want to thank all the protesters out here sacrificing your time, sacrificing your safety for the people. Thank y'all so much. Want to thank the people on social media for supporting as well. These issues we are fighting are real. And now is not the time to be talking about every issue of the world. Right now we're talking about discrimination against black people and police brutality. All the other issues will definitely have their time. So while we fight the aforementioned issues, let's all get in line and fight them together. Oppose the enemy. Oppose the state. If you ain't gonna ride, be quiet and stay inside. Or just do your part and be quiet. Don't oppose the movers, though. So on this episode of Your Dig, we're gonna open up with a new segment that we call Less Rap. On this edition of Less Rap, we're gonna be discussing rappers' vocabulary usage and the correlations related to them. Then we're gonna get into our unsung legend. That's the legendary pioneer, DJ Quick. Then you know we gotta conclude it where you gotta hear this. Giving you them bangers, you know that good music, you know how we do's it. So yeah, that's what we're doing today. Going to get into this good hip hop, going to get into this build session, you dig? Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna open things up with our first edition of the new segment, Let's Rap. I read an article a few years ago about artists who diversified the vocabulary, and some of the things I learned stuck with me for years, man. I decided to dig a little deeper, and I found a really cool database that I want to build on with y'all, you dig? So the database, which got its data from Genius.com, the lyric site, is a study of an artist's first 35,000 lyrics, that means words used in the song, they're trying to determine how many different words that artist used for their first 35,000 lyrics. So that's like if a rapper says the king is here, that's four different words that won't be counted again. The first thing that stood out to me was how the errors differ so drastically. The majority of the top artists from the most recent era have used less than 3,500 words. Basically, if they're popping right now, they may have used less than 3,500 words. There are a few exceptions, though. Joey Badass, even though he comes from this era, has used 4,871 words. That's just 106 less words than Nas. TDE's top four artists all range from Kendrick's 4,017 to Ab Soul's 4,534. Wale is among this group as well, with 4,272. I would say the 90s had the most diversity as far as range of vocabulary usage. DMX and Bone Thugs around 3,000, then The Roots and Wu-Tang around 6,000. No other era has that type of range amongst its top artists. There was also a strong correlation based on region. Of course, most Southern rappers used less words in their first 35,000. There were a couple of Southern outliers though. That boy Luda, Ludacris, had over 4,572. That's comparable to Lupe Fiasco's 4,645 and Talib Kweli's 4,678. There were a few other Southern rappers with expansive vocabulary usage. Uh, T.I. had 4,171 and Kevin Gates with 4,318. Considering their era being the 2010s, Big Crit has used 3,823 and 2 Chainz has used 3,812. So they've used a very diverse set of words over the years. The region that uses the most words is the Northeast, primarily New York and Philly. As previously stated, Wu-Tang members 
and the group as a whole, which is actually counted separately, they're all in the 5,500 plus words category. Jizz at the top end of this with 6,380, Ghostface has 5,901, and then The Roots, which is basically Black Thought, had 5,781 in their first 35,000. One thing that became very apparent when looking at the regional graphing is that sticking to your regional script doesn't dictate success. Two of New York's biggest commercial successes are 50 Cent with 3,384 and DMX with only 2,936. My conclusion is you don't have to use a lot of different words to have a deep impact on your audience or to sell a lot of records because DMX said and did so much with just under 3,000 words. And considering the commercial success of artists at the top end of that vocabulary usage, outside of Wu-Tang and the Roots, I would say less may be better, or at least somewhere in the middle. Another thing to note when considering the findings of this study is that the most recent era of hip-hop is very melody-based, meaning a lot of the top artists are singing and holding notes which require less words. So everything evolves, including hip-hop. This data definitely tells a story of change, but it does not indicate progression nor regression. I honestly think that artists are improving with each generation, but some may bet the differ. So that's that. If you want to check out the data for yourself, I'm going to leave the link in the description. Please feel free to comment. Let us know how you feel about our assessment of the data because we definitely want to see what y'all think. Yo. So after moving around a little bit, I can definitely see that regional popularity is a real thing. So I've always heard this name even heard a few records, but when I moved to LA, I quickly learned that DJ Quick is a legend. So let's get it straight from the jump. DJ Quick is a master producer that just so happens to be dope on the mic. Born David Blake in Compton, California, his primary musical inspirations were funk and soul artists such as his eventual friend, Roger Troutman. By age 12, Quick was playing multiple instruments. He began selling mixtapes after he received a turntable for his eighth grade promotion. Then he began DJing shows all around Southern California and eventually released his notable mixtape, The Red Tape, in 1987. In 1990, after gaining heavy notoriety in the streets from his mixtapes, DJ Quick chose to sign a six-figure deal with Profile Records. Quick sought to leave this deal after signing it and was offered a $1 million advance from Ruthless Records. Profile Records sent a cease and desist order to Ruthless, and in 1991, DJ Quick released his debut, Quick is the Name, under Profile Records. This album produced two top 20 singles, Tonight and Born and Raised in Compton. Quick has produced the rap on so many different tracks that we're gonna have to try and skip the details and just focus on the things that he was a part of just to get to it. So the Quick is the Name album was a success. It went platinum. He was one of the first West Coast solo hip hop artists to do so. His follow-up solo albums have not reached the type of commercial success that his debut album did, but they all been well received from his loyal fan base. DJ Quick's second, third, and fourth albums all went gold. I honestly discovered his genius in 2013, which speaks to my original point. Many people on the West Coast consider him a legend, while where I'm from, most may only know a song or two from Quick. Just like Southern legend Pastor Troy is probably not considered a legend on the West Coast. Quick played a large role on the dynastic run of Death Row, though he's only credited for producing on a few soundtracks and one song on Tupac's All Eyes On Me. While working with Death Row, he credited himself as David Blake, so he probably was not accurately credited for legal and financial purposes. Suge Knight actually served as executive producer for DJ Quick's third album, Safe and Sound. 
Some of his other notable production credits in the 90s include Tony Tony Tone's hit Let's Get Down. He also produced on Shaq's album You Can't Stop the Rain. And he introduced and produced Sugar Free in 1997 with his debut album Street Gospel. That album is actually considered a street classic on the West Coast. Of course, all of these successes did not come without turmoil. In 1998, his nephew murdered his longtime friend and personal assistant. Then in 2000, his artist slash protege named Mossberg was robbed and murdered the day before he and Quick were to finalize his debut album. In the early 2000s, Quick would produce the smash hit entitled Addictive. That's the joint by Truth Hurts and Rakim. Aftermath was eventually sued for not getting a sample clip that Quick used on the beat. And subsequently, you can now only find the song via user upload on YouTube. Quick would go on to produce for some of the biggest artists in the industry, including Whitney Houston, Jay-Z, Will Smith, Snoop Dogg, and Talib Kweli. In 2003, Quick produced the biggest song of his career when he programmed the drums for 50 Cent's In The Club. In 2005, Quick released the first independent album on his own label, Mad Science Recordings. The album, entitled Trauma, was an independent success selling over 100,000 copies. The first album I listened to from DJ Quick was The Book of David, released in 2011. This album was fairly successful commercially, reaching number 5 on Billboard's top rap albums and number 4 amongst independent albums. The album featured legends like Ice Cube, Bun B, and Busy Bone. Quick's 2014 release is most definitely my favorite DJ Quick album. Joint entitled The Midnight Life, this album featured excellent production and also introduced DJ Quick's son. D. Blake is featured on 4 songs and he's pretty dope so I'm not sure why he hasn't popped yet. But he's producing and rapping so he's probably coming. In 2017, DJ Quick released a collaboration album with the popular West Coast rapper Problem, an album entitled Rosecrans. DJ Quick turned 50 earlier this year, and I think some of his best work may be yet to come. With this knowledge of sound manipulation and instrumentation, I could see him pulling a Quincy Jones and producing a classic in his 50s. Big shouts out to not only a West Coast legend, but a hip-hop legend, DJ Quick. Keep putting in that good work, bro. The next generation needs you, you dig? Yeah, man. So that's a wrap on another episode of your dig. Hope y'all appreciated that, man. Once again, I want to shout out our guy Cash Flow Harlem, dropping that beautiful tribute for our people. Got to shout out the protesters. Once again, we want to shout out the families of the ones we lost. Got to make some changes out here for sure. Also got to talk about the less rap segment that we got into. Rappers vocabulary usage. Very interesting concept. Very interesting stuff. We also talked about DJ Quick, the legendary producer, DJ, rapper, whatever you want to call it, man. Legendary pioneer, DJ Quick. Big shouts out to that king. So y'all know we got to close things out with some heat. This week, giving y'all something from DJ Quick. Yes, the legendary rapper, producer, DJ Quick. Track of his album called The Midnight Life, entitled That Get It. Of course he produced it, and his son is on his joint, D. Blake, so you know it's going to be some fire, man. Also want to direct y'all to thatrnd.com for the merch. This is one of our original pieces produced by John Bourne, one of our artists. So yeah, make sure y'all go catch that man during the release this Friday. So look for that, thatrnd.com. Shouts out to DJ Quit, his son D. Blake. That get it, let's get it. You dig? Number two is for pencils, so I'm...